Blog Talk Radio. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinions. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Also, follow us on Twitter at go for again and while you're there on Twitter at go for again G O F O R I T G A N T make sure you give us a follow at go for again great show lined up for you today expected to be joined by our Hall of Famer Willie Rofe and Willie's going to give us his take on what to expect in championship weekend as we have a big weekend of football here Broncos and the Patriots Seahawks and the 49ers I mean, a lot of great football this weekend. And if you're the NFL, you couldn't want any more. You couldn't script it any better. This is what it's all about, championship weekend in the National Football League. So we're going to talk to Willie Rofe about that. Also, we're going to be joined by all-pro and Pro Bowl guard, Evan Mathis of the Philadelphia Eagles. Evan, Jeff named to the Pro Bowl this week, so this was a great week. For Evan Mathis, we're going to talk to him being named, talk to him about being named to the Pro Bowl, and also talk to him about becoming a Pro Bowl player. I mean, Pro Bowl, you're talking about the best of the best, and he is a Pro Bowler. He is an All Pro. He is Evan Mathis, and he will be joining us in the second hour. Also, Justin Blaylock of the Atlanta Falcons will be joining us, and we're going to talk to Justin about his season. Falcons had some struggles. Many expected the Falcons to be playing this weekend. Manny expected the Falcons to have a great shot at going and ultimately winning a Super Bowl. But we're going to talk to Justin about the, his Atlanta Falcons, about his offseason, and about some of the great things going on in his foundation. So this is show is about offensive linemen. <laughs> this show is about offensive linemen. Willie Rove, one of the greatest to have ever done it, offensive tackle, and then Justin Blaylock and Evan Mathis, these are big-time guards right now, offensive guards right now in the National Football League. i got to start with championship weekend. Championship weekend is upon us. A lot of great football to be played. 49ers, Seahawks, Broncos, Patriots, you could not have asked for anything more. A lot of football to be played. Exciting football to be played. And these are 50-50 games. These are old-school, new-school type of situation where new-school 49ers and, and Seahawks are quarterbacks. They're scrambling quarterbacks. They like to get out of the pocket. They like to move the pocket a little bit. Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick. And then you have the old guard, the pocket passers, the Brady, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I mean, I guess when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, and you're going to have a situation where you're going to have an old-school, new-school type Super Bowl. You're going to have an old-school, new-school type Super Bowl, whether it's Brady or Manning, 
or whether it's Kaepernick or Russell Wilson. That's what you're going to have. Old school, new school. And you can't ask for anything more. I mean, these are the teams that many expected to be in this position at the beginning of the year. Many expected the 49ers and Seahawks to be battling it out to get to the Super Bowl. Many expected the Broncos and the Patriots to be battling it out to get to the Super Bowl. And I would say more so the Broncos and the Patriots because with the Patriots, you had the situation with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez losing those two weapons. So many thought maybe the Patriots would take that step back. But guess what? When you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, you don't take steps back. When you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, guess what? You always have a shot. You always have an opportunity to win titles because that's what he's done, and that's what he continues to do throughout the course of his career. Three times. Been to the Super Bowl five times. Won three times. Has an opportunity to go back. And it's just so interesting because you look at these two teams. You look at the New England Patriots. Yeah, Brady's doing his thing, but guess what? Guess who's joined the crowd? They got a running game in New Orleans. LeGarrette Blunt, 189 yards, four big touchdowns, 234 yards on the ground in total by that team, six rushing touchdowns by the New England Patriots. This is a team that, in a lot of ways, have changed their identity. They are a power-rushing team. Ridley, Vereen, Blunt, and Blunt leads the way. And as I was watching the game, I was thinking maybe Belichick could have gave, instead of giving those touches to Stephen Ridley down by the goal line, maybe he could have gave it to LeGarrette Blunt to give him six touchdowns. Maybe. But he didn't do it. But LeGarrette Blunt was big. That Patriots running game was big. And ultimately, that Patriots defense, they forced Andrew Luck into three turnovers. So they were big enough to move the Patriots on to the conference title game. And then you look at the Broncos. And they were cruising throughout the course of that game against the San Diego Chargers, up 17 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Chargers came back, a little rally there at the end. But at the end of the day, the Broncos were in control throughout the course of that football game. Almost gave it up there at the end. Almost gave it up. You had that big third, third and 16, where, Brandon, where, uh, where Manning hit Julius Thomas there for 20-plus yards and ultimately a first down. Then Moreno was stalled away with a first down run. But they had an opportunity to charge us. Cut it to 24-17 to and had to pay the, the Broncos in a third and 16 situation. You like your odds as a defense when it's third and 16. You like your odds there. And ultimately, the odds worked in the favor of the Broncos because they were able to get the first down and ultimately salt the game away. But guess what? It was a good game in that fourth quarter. And guess what also happened? Chris Harris, your star corner, a guy who's been on this show a couple times. Chris Harris, going for the year, torn ACL. Guess what? With him out of the mix, it changed. It changed. When Chris Harris stepped out of the game in the third quarter, it was 17 to nothing. It was the Broncos in complete control. Chris Harris, go, Chris Harris goes out, and guess what? The Chargers are able to have some success, 
Keenan Allen, things open up for him in the Charger passing game. In that second, I mean, in that first half, Chargers only had 20 yards passing. Second half, they opened it up, 200 plus yards passing, and ultimately able to make it a game. You look at the numbers. You look at the Broncos' total uh, quarterback's total QBR against the Broncos with Chris Harris on the field. It's 43.6. You take Chris Harris off the field, it more than doubles to 93 points, to 93. So QBR goes up when Chris Harris is on the sidelines. Chris Harris will be on the sidelines this week against the New England Patriots. You have Tom Brady. You have Peyton Manning. You have... Some say arguably the two best quarterbacks to ever play the game going up against each other this weekend. You can't ask for anything more. Now, a lot of people are excited about that matchup. I am, but I'm more so excited about the Chargers, not the Chargers, the, the Seahawks and the 49ers. I'm more excited about that matchup. That matchup excites me more because... It's going to be physical football. It's going to be throwback football. It's going to be smash-mouth football. It's going to be two football teams that hate each other. These two teams do not get along. Bottom line, point blank. These teams don't get along. They don't. They don't get along. And you look at this game, third time these two teams have played each other. Seahawks. Blew the 49ers out earlier in the season, 29-3. 49ers come back and beat the Seahawks near the end of the season, 1917, and San Francisco. But the numbers tell you, interestingly, interest, interestingly enough, interestingly, I can't even talk, enough, the numbers tell you this. The numbers tell you this, that the past two times, that the Seahawks and the 49ers have played each other. In Seattle, the 49ers have been outscored 71 to 16. 71 to 16. That's domination. That's domination. But I look at the 49ers now. I like what I see. I, I, I see a football team that is playing with a high level of confidence. I see a football team now that has their weapons back. Crabtree, Vernon Davis, they're back. More so Crabtree to Vernon Davis because Vernon Davis has been there the whole year. But Crabtree is back. And that makes David, uh, Vernon Davis, that opens it up for Vernon Davis. That opens it up for Anquan Bolden. And speaking of Anquan Bolden, you look at what he has been in these playoffs over the past few years. I mean, ultimately Joe Flacco got all the money in the offseason last year, but Anquan Bolden and what the work that he put in last season, and he put in a lot of work, a lot of work, put in a lot of work last season, and he was a big reason why 
He's, he's a big reason why, A, that the Ravens were able to beat all the teams in the playoffs last year, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Patriots, and then ultimately beat up on the 49ers in the Super Bowl. He was the guy who was big in all that. He was the guy that led that team. He was big. He was big. In four postseason games last season with the Ravens, 22 catches, 380 yards, and four touchdowns. He was big. He was big. This postseason, <laughs> excuse me, 311 catches, 174 yards. So, 380 yards last season with 22 catches, 11 catches this season, 174 yards. That is big time. That is big time. And that is why you bring in a guy like Anquan Bolden. That is why you bring in a guy like Anquan Bolden. He makes big plays. To this point, 554 yards over the past six postseason games for Anquan Bolden. 554 yards in six postseason games. 554 yards sometimes is a season for some players. That's a season for some players. That's the playoffs for Anquan Bolden. That's the playoffs for him. And I look at it now. He's been big time. He has been big time. We're going to talk about this game throughout the course of this show. We're going to talk about both of these football games because it's championship weekend. It is a big weekend in the National Football League. Also, we're going to get to a lot of other things. Kevin Durant's 54-point explosion last night. Can we say MVP possibly for Kevin Durant? 54 points. That's big time. We're going to touch on that. Instant replay in Major League Baseball. Baseball has finally come to the 21st century. It's finally gotten into the 21st century. We're going to talk about that. Devon Bass, Cleveland Browns, having some issues. We're going to talk about that. Callum Winslow, we'll touch on that as well. Kit Winslow doing some interesting things, or at least being accused of doing some interesting things. We're going to touch on that as well. We're going to touch on a lot of things. It's an exciting time of the year. It, it really is an exciting time of the year. It's really exciting. It, it's exciting and it's sad all at the same time from the standpoint that you know you only have, what, two more weeks of football after this, and then you have a long off season, a long off season. That's why last week's round, I always like the divisional round and the wild card round. They're, they're always my favorite because you have the two days of football. You have two days 
of football. That's always exciting. Two days of football, Saturday and Sunday, day and night. You got day and night football, Saturday and Sunday. So your weekend is football, good football, playoff football, big-time football. And before I continue with uh, the divisional run, with the uh, conference championship round, I want to go to some of the teams who lost last week. You look at the Saints um, and their game against the Seattle Seahawks. The Saints have to find a way to win on the road. I mean, this team is, is so night and day. Home, they're spectacular, they're untouchable. On the road, not, not the same team, obviously. And that's something moving forward. They're either going to have to do a better job of, of trying to get home field advantage during the season throughout the course of the playoffs, or they're going to have to solve some of their road, their, their road woes. They're going to have to do it. One of the two. One of the two. They're going to have to do it. And I look at this football team and the way they played last week. You know, Seattle came out and, and got up on them early. But I, I looked at that game and I said the Saints had to do a better job of protecting the football. And that Mark Ingram fumble was big. That was a big fumble, and that changed the course of that football game for the Saints. Ultimately, they were able to make it a game near the end. But this is a football team that has to find a way to get better on the road, and hopefully they can do that if you're a Saints fan in this offseason. The Colts, this is a team, you look at that football game, obviously you can't give up 234 yards on the ground and expect to win the National Football League. That just doesn't happen. You can't expect to give up that kind of yardage and expect to win in this league. doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And the Colts gave up 234 yards and, oh, by the way, six touchdowns on the ground. That can't happen. That that cannot happen. And obviously if that does happen, you're probably going to be getting an L. You're probably going to get an L. And you look at that, and that's what happened. They got an L. And, oh, by the way, in addition to 234 yards on the ground, you can't have the turnovers. Three interceptions for Andrew Luck against the Chiefs, but they were able to survive that. Three picks against the Patriots. Better team, better quarterback. Better team, better, team, better quarterback, better situation for the Colts. For the Patriots, I should say, being that they're at home, you can't expect to win that game. You can't expect to give up 44 against the Chiefs. You can't. And then come around and give up 40-plus, 43 against the Patriots. You can't give up 87 points in two weeks and expect to win in the National Football League. You can't do it, especially in the playoffs. doesn't happen. Can't do it. Can't do it. You can't do it and expect to have success. doesn't work that way in the National Football League. You can't give up 80 
seven points in two weeks and expect to be successful. Let's bring in a guy now who's had a lot of success in his career, Hall of Famer, the one, the only, Willie Rofe. Willie. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Well, who, who, who are you talking about giving up that many points? The Colts. Oh, no. No. And uh, as we talked about last week, uh, the Colts, uh, you know, Andrew Luck came out and did what, 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 what we thought he was going to do. Uh, uh, turn the ball over early, and you cannot do that. You cannot turn the ball over against that team. Now, I, I didn't know that they were going to be able to run the ball like that, and LeGarrette right. Blunt is really stepping up and showing how he how – I'm going to tell you what now. Bill Belichick finds talent, very good talent that these teams let go, and, and, and he finds a way to mold these guys. And they just it just seems like, Paul, they go there with a whole different attitude. And I know they had the back that took over in Tampa Bay that got hurt last year. But Blunt and these other guys, you know, sometimes questionable character guys, uh, that Belichick is able to get and is able to mold them into the system. And it seems like they fit in perfectly. And you're talking about, you talked about, you, know, you talked about that. Corey Dillon was the guy they brought in and yep. helped their situation. Even Randy Moss. Randy Moss had one of the best receivers any receivers ever had when he got there. And in the last few years before that, he had been mediocre at best when he was with the Raiders. Exactly. So uh, you, to your point, and LeGarrette Blunt, like you said, I mean, he's been big. And it's almost like the Patriots have changed their identity in a lot of ways. And they're, they're turning to a, to a power-rushing team. And – Six touchdowns on the ground, 234 yards on the ground, and this team is is playing a totally different football game than you think they would, than you thought they would earlier in this season. And and, and another thing we, we didn't talk about, and I saw Brian Waters yesterday. I mean, they lose Brian Waters. They lose their left tackle. They lose uh, – they got they got Logan's back. They lose these linemen, and they're able to put piece together. And the thing that makes them so dangerous – they're able to run the ball or pass the ball with Brady spreading the ball around. And uh, I'm looking at these both of these games this week, and I'm a little, you know, especially with the 49ers with the weapons they had, uh, I, 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 I mean, I could possibly see both of these teams getting beat, the home uh, teams getting beat, because I just like the way these other teams are playing. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you look at San Francisco – they're really peaking at the right time, and they're, they got all their weapons back. Crabtree is big. Of course, you have Anquan Bolden. I mean, you look at Anquan Bolden. I, before you came on, I talked about this. To this point, the past two years in the playoffs, 554 yards, 554 receiving yards. So that's a dude that's really getting it done in the playoffs, got it done last year for the Ravens. He was the MVP of that playoff run. And thus far, it's getting it done for the 49ers, but – Crabtree, Bolden, Davis, Gore, Kaepernick playing better. The 49ers, I think they're peaking at the right time. They are peaking at the right time again. And to carry, to, to carry back on that, Russell Wilson has not played good as of late, not, not up to his standards. He doesn't have the weapons. 
Uh, the only thing, the only thing that's going to be the, the fact in this game is can Seattle contain that forty nine offense right. for in, for the for the length of that for an extended period of time in that game to save Kaepernick. They're going to have to play great football for them to win the game. The Seattle defense, I'm saying, and they do have the best secondary in the backcourt in the NFL. I know they do, but can they contain that forty nine offense? I love the 49ers offensive line. Their coach just like the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers offensive line plays. If the 49ers offensive line can play good ball and establish the run, uh, I, I, I look at the 49ers to upset Seattle in this game. I just like the way they're playing. And to talk about Tom Brady and what he's done, I love Peyton Manning. Don't get me wrong. But what Tom Brady's done with the guys that you never heard of, losing Gronkowski, Hernandez, and uh, Walker, his top three guys, and what he's done this year, I think this is Tom Brady's finest. I, I love Peyton Manning, but I will say this is Tom Brady's finest year with what he's had. I earn so much respect for him. And Bill Belichick with these guys losing Mayo and losing some of these guys he's lost right. on the defensive Fine. end this year. And, 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 uh, and uh, the big the big nose guard, Wolfram, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, this Patriot team, what they've been able to do, if you had told me they were told a lot of people they were going to be able to do what they did this year and 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 improve as the year went on, I would have said you're crazy. Not with these young guys and nobody's heard of this. I think this is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's finest hour what they've achieved this year. And and I, and I got it. And Tom Brady already was, but but you know he is one of the greatest quarterbacks and leaders. Because he's the one who gets that offense ready and gets those guys ready, just like Peyton Manning. These guys run that, run those offenses, and right. Tom Brady, uh, to me, is a very, very special quarterback. I love Peyton, but I can't put Peyton in Tom Brady's class. Well, and, and you look at also Tom Brady, even before this season, in terms of winning with no-name guys, Edelman, Amendola, Tompkins, you know, Dobson. Even before then, you had winning with David Patton, Jermaine Wiggins, Troy Brown. Troy Brown was a solid wide receiver, but he wasn't a star by no means. And he always finds a way to, to win no matter who you put around him, and that's just the beauty and the greatness of Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, on some level, has done the same, but not to the extent of Tom Brady. And, and, and it's going to be great football tomorrow, and I, I'm looking forward to that game. Also, I want to go back to the 49ers and, and Seahawks, because I know you like the 49ers in this game. I do as well, but I will say this. The past two times that the 49ers have went to Seattle, the 49ers have been outscored 71-16. to 16. So we, uh, even with Wilson not playing. Was that, was, that, was, that in the, was that in the playoffs or regular season? That was regular season. That was regular season. Okay. That, see, see that, that's, that, the 49ers, like you said, the 49ers have been in the play. And what have they been in? They've been in the NFC Championship game the last three years in a row. Mm-hmm. It's just like the Miami Heat right now. They have lows where during the season they don't look like the same team. But like we took, well, we said when it comes playoff time, like you said, they have stepped up their game. They've got Cabtree. They've got everything healthy. This is a different 49er team than they played in the regular season, sure. and this is a different time of year. True. Sure. Sure, I would, I would agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, I agree with you. I think the 49ers are going to win. I just think, like we said before, they're just playing better football at this point in time. The, but the I don't want to sleep way, on the Seahawks. No, no, no. What, what did I say, Paul? 
the only way Seattle gets a chance to win this game is if their defense plays. And what did I tell you last week about the Saints? People, I love the Saints, but the problem is if Jimmy Graham opens up everything for that offense, especially in the passing game. Colston had a huge game, and I know they were do, doing stuff to, to, to take Jimmy Graham out the game. But if you take Jimmy Graham, Jim out, Jimmy Graham out the game, you stifle the Saints' offense. He had to have a big game, and that's the question mark about him. He had one of the greatest years for a tight end, uh, 16 touchdowns in, in history. He tied Gronkowski's record, but he disappeared in some big games. And we're talking about the same thing. Can Seattle defense carry them to the Super Bowl? Because really and truly, if you look at it, Seattle's defense has been carrying that team the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. uh, Russell Wilson is putting up good numbers, but he's not putting up great numbers. So can that defense carry them? I think you're asking too much of that defense to be able to slow that 49er defense down for an entire game. That offense is going to have to step up for Seattle and do and make some big plays and do something. Is Percy Harvin playing this week, Paul? He is not playing. Harvin has been ruled out with the concussion. He's ruled out. So what, I mean, so he won't be there. Who, who steps up at the receiver? You got you got uh, Golden Tate. Who's got, uh, other, other than being given a big dose of Lynch? I don't see them running the ball on 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 49ers defense also because where 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 they're they're good in the secondary and I do like the linebackers for Seattle, but the front seven the they, San Francisco have the best linebacker core in the league and their yeah, front four is excellent. So. If you're looking at the, it's, I think in the front front part of the defense, it's even between the Seattle 49ers. Maybe I give a little advantage to the 49ers on the front seven. I give the advantage, a big advantage to the Seattle secondary. But the Seattle secondary is gonna have to put pressure on Kaepernick, and Kaepernick can beat you with his feet as well as his arm. So in that aspect, like you said, in the way that they are playing. The 49ers, I'm saying, I do give an advantage to the 49ers in this game by the way they're playing, and I just think it's going to be too much emphasis. The pressure in this game is on Seattle. It's not on the 49ers. It's on Seattle. Well, I will say this, though. I mean, you look at the 49ers. I think think there's more pressure on Seattle, but I think there is some pressure on the 49ers from this standpoint. At some point, last three years, losing the conference title game against the Giants. You come back last year, you get to the Super Bowl. Now you're here again, and you have an opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. At some point, you're going to have to break through in terms of winning a Super Bowl. And if you don't do it this year, we all know what happened. Let's look at the Atlanta Falcons. Perfect example of this. 13-3 and last season, a team that's been in the playoffs for the past few years. This year now, this year now it all falls apart, injuries, things of that nature, they become 4-12. and 12. So I think from the standpoint that the 49ers, you can only get to this point so many times and expect to get to this point so many times. You can only be injury-free so many times. So I think at some point the 49ers are going to have to break through, and if they don't break through this year, nothing is guaranteed in this league. You know that better than I do. But, 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 but if I mean, I will say this. Anytime you get to an NFC Championship three straight years, you're doing something right. I understand what you're saying, and and to your credit, I picked Atlanta and Denver in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, and I thought Denver would win it as a repeat of the Super Bowl when they beat 
Atlanta back in 1998. So I did predict Atlanta to be a way better to get to the Super Bowl this year, and they fell apart. I don't think their 49er team will be falling apart anytime soon. I don't compare them to the Falcons. The Falcons have been an up-and-down team. I just think uh, Harbaugh's done a great job coaching there. You you do need to get over the hump and, and win, especially after they disappeared last year and didn't get going. Uh, Kaepernick didn't start the whole year. He's a year wiser. Uh, you know, he's played the whole year. He has that experience. Russell Wilson uh, is still learning how to play the game. He's had he's had a, gone off to a great career. 15 had lost one game at home. A lot of that's to do with the defense. So, uh, will the 49 can the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl? I think they can. Uh, if the 49ers do get to the Super Bowl, um, uh, it's, it's hard to say who they'll be playing. This this is this is personal. This this is the top two of the top quarterbacks in NFL history going at it. Also, although I do give a slight edge in history wise, you're gonna look at rings, uh, look at Tom Brady's playoff record compared to to uh, Peyton Manning. Now I know Eli beat him twice. You know yeah. he's got two marks on him because Eli did. Peyton's little brother has beat him in two Super Bowls. Other than that, Tom Brady's play, playoff record, career numbers. If you put them up compared to Peyton Manning's, they're, they're better. They're better than Peyton's. And what he's been able to do, I think Peyton, over the course of his career, has had better players around him, more so than Tom Brady has. Uh, other than Randy, Peyton played with a Hall of Fame receiver, maybe two Hall of Fame receivers. Yeah, definitely. That he played with, with Reggie Wayne and 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 Marvin Harrison, who were the finalists this year. So. Um, and I know I'm jumping to another team. I just think yeah, but that you, uh, you, you you talk about that, and that's a, it's a fair point because I'm looking at numbers here of the amount of Pro Bowlers that Tom Brady has played with in comparison to what Manning has played with. Manning has played with nine Pro Bowlers throughout the course of his career in terms of running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Conversely, you look at uh, Tom Brady, only four. So to your point, it's a more than double. To your point. Peyton Manning has been surrounded with better talent. I mean, like you said, Marvin Harrison's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne could be a Hall of Famer. You talk about Marshall Falk, who played, I believe, one year with Peyton Manning, but he's going to be out. He is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he played one year with Manning, but he is a Hall of Famer. And then Edgar James, possibly he could be a Hall of Famer with his numbers. We'll see. But I'm, I'm just saying, the point is, the point is, Manning has played with the better supporting cast over the years. So, I mean, these do two. You think, do you think that Manning and them will get it done and beat the, the New England in this playoff game? I mean, I, I like we're, we're looking at they got two, uh, Sean Phillips. I played against him in, in uh, the Chargers. Has really stepped up as the leader of that defense. They've lost Von Miller. I think they've lost some. They do have Champ Bailey back. Uh, Cormarty is having a great year. Dominic Rogers, Cromartie is having an outstanding mm-hmm. great year this year. Uh, do you? Th- but they do have Talik over there that's having a great year with the with the Patriots. Do you think that Tom Brady can go in and upset Peyton Manning again? I do. And you talked about them losing Vaughn Miller, but uh, Von Miller, I should say. But you also lost Chris Harris, who yeah. was a big time corner for the Denver Broncos. He's not going to be here. And the thing about it is. 
You look at that game last week against the Chargers. When he went out of that game, the Chargers started to open up a little bit. Keenan Allen started to get off a little bit. So Chris Harris is not going to be there. So I look at that as an advantage for Tom Brady. So I'm, I'm pointing to that and pointing to that and looking at that and then looking at how they're running the ball at this point in time and then looking at the Denver defense. You can put up points against them. You can put up points against the Patriots defense as well. But i got to go with Brady. I, I just like Brady better in this spot. Here's another stat for you that, that I saw the other day that – Tom Brady is 7-0 against Jack Del Rio. 7-0 against Jack Del Rio, including 17 touchdowns and no interceptions. He's got to be thinking about that, and he's got to be thinking about that, Jack Del Rio does. Yeah, 7-0. The pressure's on the Broncos, like we said again. All the the pressure, the Broncos – you know, had that run last year, nobody thought the Patriots were going to be this good this year. I didn't think the Patriots were going to be this good this year. The Patriots have a system. They have a coach. They have the best coach-quarterback combo in NFL history. And, all, and, and, and I think if you remember earlier this year, probably was 158 games or whatever, 153 games. I think the record was uh, known. And uh, if you look this up in, uh, in Terry Bradshaw, uh, where the quarterback uh, – uh, Coach Combo had the most wins, so they've surpassed that. They have the most wins with a quarterback coach combo in NFL history, and right now they're breaking. You know, I think they'll get to maybe 200 games somewhere around that before Tom Brady decides to call it quits. But what I tell you is this: uh, all the pressure's on the Denver Broncos. If, if the, the the Patriots should be loose, uh, I mean, the Chargers didn't show up last week to the second half. So yeah, four, the Patriots are going to show up. They're going to be ready to play. The pressure's on the Broncos. Can they hold off the Patriots and beat them? And I agree with you. I think uh, also this week, uh, you know, I, I would like to see Peyton and the Broncos get there. It would be great, for you know, for Peyton. But uh, I do like uh, Tom Brady this week and the Patriots. And you, and you talked about the Brady and, and Belichick, 148 wins together as a tandem. So, it is what's the, the record? What's the record, Paul? Do you, can you see what the uh, what's the most tandem uh, it is? No, it's, I think it's 158, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Brady and Belichick, 148 regular season wins, and that's gotcha. the most of any. And, and that mark was previously held by Marino and Shula at 116. Got gotcha. you. So, I mean, you, you can't. It's it's hard to argue with. Here's the thing, like. As I'm picking the 49ers and as I'm picking the Patriots, I can't say definitively that those two teams are going to win. Like, I feel good about it, and, and, and I just think those two teams are playing better football, but I can't definitively say it because of the way Seattle plays at home, because of the Broncos and the season they've had, the season Peyton Manning had, has had, and even the pressure that's on Peyton Manning in terms of can this guy get another one? I mean, so I, I, I'm saying I'm saying 49ers, I'm saying the Patriots, but I can't say it with 100% confidence. Right, and you shouldn't be able to. It's the NFC and AFC championship game. It's supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Uh, you know, the top two teams, and I think we have the top four teams that are playing the ball right now. 
Um, yeah, I can't, we can't say definitive. I say what I think is going to, you know, I just like the way those two old teams are playing right now. Uh, the 49ers went in there and beat Carolina convincingly. And we talked about that before the game. And we both said the 49ers have better weapons, and we thought they would win. It's the same thing this week. If you look at it on paper, especially offensively, the 49ers have the better weapons, and they're playing better football. But you're dealing with Seattle, the crowd, the the team. Seattle can step up and play big games. That's the thing that scares you. Seattle, Russell Wilson can have a huge game. Sometimes he does. And he has mm-hmm. had big games against the 49ers. So uh, this is a rivalry game. And um, if you had – okay, this is my question to you. Which team is more likely for you to upset the other team? Is it the, is it the New England or is it San Francisco? I, I think – I think it's more likely San Francisco because I think out of all these teams playing right now, San Francisco is playing the best ball. So I, I think it's more likely San Francisco. And I just, I just like the way they're playing right now on both sides of the ball. So I would say San Francisco. I would How about you? San Francisco, too. San Francisco too, but I think, I think uh, I like Tom. I mean, I just I didn't know that stat about Jack Derrill. That's a great stat. Uh, that makes it. That makes it. I mean, I mean, uh, that makes it even even harder. That makes it even more pressure for for the, for the Broncos to be and, and just, uh, to, to be paid. And I, and I talked to. I was at the NFLPA hanging out with the guys yesterday. Uh, Will Shields made a great speech to the team before the game and saw some coaches and. Uh, I was talking to my special team coach who left and went to Baltimore, and and, and Peyton Manning beat us in the playoffs, and then he went up, and then that year Baltimore when uh, they had Steve Atwater, I mean Steve uh, McNair, went thirteen mm-hmm. and three, and he knocked them out in the playoffs yeah. that year. So uh, Peyton Manning and, and, and Tom Brady have been here a lot of times. I don't know how many times, but to combine getting to the AFC Championship, they have been. The the the, uh, the the top of the top of the echelon, and and when when Peyton Manning hadn't gone to the Super Bowl, it's been because of Tom Brady, or vice right. versa. The only thing right. that we didn't expect uh, a while back was the fact that Eli Manning would beat Tom Brady twice. So I mean I mean it's going to be some great football. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but like you said, I, I I'm leaning toward the road teams. And both, not to say both home teams could win this game, but if we're going to pick them, we got to pick them. So we have to go definitely. with our picks. And definitely. And, again, here's the stat, 171 out of 235 passes, 73% completion percentage, 1,771 yards, 17 touchdowns and no interceptions. Tom Brady, 7-0 against Jack Del Rio. So, I mean, that, that, stat, that stat speaks to me. Speaks to me. I mean, We'll see. We'll see. And then even this year, even this year where, where you saw that game where the, the Broncos got out to that quick start and then you had the Patriots take it over there at the end. And in that game, Vaughn Miller was there, and he had some play, he made some plays in that game. And also Chris that, Harris that, was that there. That game was in New England, correct? That game was in New England, yes. It was in New England. So Chris Harris was there. Vaughn Miller was there. But – uh. Julius Thomas Bailey was not there. Bailey wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. Julius Thomas wasn't there either. So that you know that 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 changes things, obviously. But 
We'll see. This is this is why they play the game. Well, real quick, I want the Saints. Where, where do you see them going from here? You know, the, that's your team. That's the team that you follow. It's the team that you watch. This is a team that, for whatever reason, you know, they're, obviously they're built to play in that dome. If, and if they were able to get home field advantage, they probably would be playing right now and probably would be in the Super Bowl. But how can they fix their road woes? You know, they just have to play more consistent. You know what I do like about what I saw about them this year? The same thing we're talking about with New England. They did establish the run more. And when when Teron Armstead got in the game, the left tackle, they were able to run the ball. They were able to run the ball better uh, uh, last week. And uh, I do like the fact, I think as, as it goes, I think it's going to be sim- it has to be similar to what's going on in New England. They've got to take the pressure off of Drew Brees as much, put the emphasis more on the running game. You know, obviously Pierre, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram needs to be a bigger part of the offense. And that well, I was twenty nine played better than Mark Ingram last week. Yeah, but Robinson. I was I was very happy to see the way they ran the football. Uh, I think they need. I think uh, what's called uh, uh, Drew is going into his fourteenth year. He's got a few years left. Uh, so I, 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 I'm optimistic with the way the Saints defense played, and with with this is my deal off, offensively. With with the smartest Sean Payton is, and I think he's the best guy in the league with with that quarterback as far as game planning and putting no understanding your personnel and putting stuff together. Uh I think that they will be better next year. I think they have to draft they're gonna draft probably a lineman, but I think they focus on some you know, keep keep building up that defense, uh the interior of the defense and uh uh probably a linebacker, uh D B but they will address the draft will be I think defensive Oriented, but the deep. But I, I like, I like compared to what they did two years ago, Paul. I think the Saints made some some drastic moves, and I also like the fact the way they run the football. Uh, I still think they need another lineman, and 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 uh, and and they'll they'll the receivers are gonna get better. Uh, Colston had a big playoff game. He didn't do as much in the regular season. We'll see what happens with him. But uh, I, I like I like the way the Saints look this year. I like the way they play. Other than the lapses on the road, they were seven, they played great at home. They just got to get better on the road. I mean, they got they got to play better on the road. And uh, I, I don't know. That's that's something dealing with the traveling the team. I don't know what it is. But you know, like I said, it's been a, the stats are glaringly different between yeah. home home team and road team. And they lost to some teams that sub five hundred teams that they shouldn't have lost to. And you talked about thirty. Their average thirty-four points at home, seventeen on the road. So, I mean, more than half. When they go on the road, they score half half of their points that they than they score on the, at home. So, it's it's an amazing thing with those Saints, and it's very interesting to see how they will move, how good they'll look moving forward. We're talking Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And Willie, real quickly now, I want to give you one more stat. See if that changes your mind. No, Sean Moreno. Last time the Broncos played the Patriots, ran the ball for 224 yards. Does that change anything for you? He ran it for 224 yards against the 49ers. Against, against so the, you uh, mean the against, against, against the against the Patriots against the Patriots? Yeah. He, that was the best game he had all year, though. What what has No. Marino done all year? That was he had a huge game that game. 
But no San Marino hasn't been doing it all year. And are they going to – the problem with them is are they going to try to really establish the run run? Are they going to try to throw the ball? It's going to come down to – it's going to come down to plays in the game. And it's going to come down to who's going to make some mistakes in the game. And right. uh, New England did look great. I, I, New England looked great last week. But that was at home. It's a, and they're going to play different in altitude. That's a pickup. I, I say this. And, 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 and he does have all his weapons as far as receivers. The, the game is a pickup game between New England and, 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 uh, and, uh, and Broncos. I favor the 49ers. Uh, the, the Patriots. They just looked so good last week, and 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 Denver looks flat to me at certain times. And Denver yeah. gives up. And Denver has given up a lot. Sometimes during the year, they've given up a whole bunch offensively. Also, they have. so they have. so it's a pick'em game. It's a pick'em game. It truly is. It truly is. And like you said, a lot of times when 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 it is a pick'em type situation, it's going to come down to who protects the ball better. And Peyton Manning did have two picks in that game against the uh, Patriots last time they met. So we'll see. We'll see. And you look at the Broncos, they're 27th against the pass. So there's going to be opportunities for Tom Brady. And I like those opportunities. And, and I just think that Brady and the Patriots will get it done. You agree with me. So just so we're clear, we have – I have the Broncos. You have the Broncos. I mean, excuse me, I have the Patriots. You have the Patriots as well. And I have the 49ers, and you have the 49ers as well. And we'll see what happens, man. That's why they play the game. Willie, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. You too. Take care. Should be fun. Should be fun. You can, you can hear the excitement in Willie Rose's voice as he talks about these two football games because this is really – like he said, the two best football teams, the four best football teams, I should say, in the National Football League. The four best football teams in the National Football League are playing tomorrow. You can't ask for anything more than that. As, as I said, as I repeated numerous times, you can't ask for anything more, anything more than that. The four best football teams on display tomorrow. Four best football teams. And it should be it should be a whole lot of fun. It should be a whole lot of fun. And I can't wait for it all to happen. I'm going to be sitting there enjoying it I'm going to be sitting there enjoying it, having fun and loving it because I can't ask for anything more. I can't ask for anything more as a fan. I can't ask for anything more. I really can't. And we'll see how it all turns out. Let's switch gears now to some other things off the field in the National Football League. I had the whole situation with Kellen Winslow. Um, for the New York Jets. Actually, the New York Jets have two situations with two of their players. A few things going on with two of their players. A, you had a, 
Kellen Winslow and him and, and getting busted for smoking synthetic marijuana. And quick story about synthetic marijuana, imitation weed pretty much. Um, I, I, I remember, uh, this was like three or four years ago, I remember uh, there was a teenager who took that stuff. And, and, I, and I saw this teenager just running around, um, just running around, and one thing he was yelling is his heart, his heart, his heart won't stop beating. It's beating out of his chest. And ultimately he was taken to the hospital because of that. So that stuff is some dangerous stuff. That's some dangerous stuff there. So anyway, Kellen Winslow reportedly, um, he was in a parking lot in New Jersey. Um, and in that parking lot, apparently, there was a female who walked by. And at this point, at this point, Kellen Winslow denies that he was doing anything other than, than changing. Um, but anyway, um, at this, anyway, the, the female saw that his window was down. She talked to him. And as she was talking to him, she noticed that his pants were down and that his thing was uh, that he was in the process of masturbating. So those are the accusations against him. The police did say they found two open jars of Vaseline in his car. So those are the things and the allegations against Keller Winslow. Obviously, he hasn't been charged with anything. Um, so for him, that's a good thing. Hasn't been charged with anything and shouldn't really have any problems in terms of the law. But, 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 obviously, that's pretty embarrassing. That is pretty, pretty embarrassing. And here, here's a statement from Winslow's publicist, Denise White. Quote, Kellen, Kellen pulled over to a parking lot to smoke what he thought at the time was a legal substance. The statement read, he changed his clothes in his vehicle as to not smell like smoke when he returned home. There was nothing, there was absolutely nothing inappropriate that took place. If there was, police would have investigated further and charged Kellen, which they did not. This will be the only time we will comment on this unfounded and ridiculous claim. According to the police report, he was slouched down with his genitals exposed. Those, that, that's according to the report in the, from the witness. That's according to what the witness had said. So, you look at Winslow, he was charged, I, I was wrong, he was charged with possession of a, crawl, a controlled substance. He was charged with that. And apparently they found bags of synthetic marijuana. And he says it, he, he smokes this stuff to, to help him relax. He says it helps him to relax. But, you know, they, they found a couple bags of it in his car. And, and obviously there's been some speculation, not speculation, but a female who was nearby said that Kellen was doing more than changing and doing more than, than smoking synthetic weed in that particular situation. So we'll see how the story unfolds. But obviously, if you're Kellen Winslow, hey, this is embarrassing. 
And B, it's dangerous. I mean, as the story I told you, the guy, this, this teenager, he's running around, took his shirt off, running around, said his heart felt like it was beating out of his chest. I mean, this stuff is dangerous. This stuff is dangerous. So, I mean, masturbation in public, obviously illegal, but not the end of the world. Messing with synthetic marijuana is dangerous, is dangerous. And the effects could be dangerous. So Keller Winslow needs to be careful moving forward, and hopefully he can get those things taken care of moving forward, hopefully. But at this point in his career, he's near the end of his career, he's 30 years old, but obviously he's not the same type of tight end that he was years ago. And obviously with this whole situation, with this whole situation now, it it, it definitely clouds him as a person and, and may affect him getting another opportunity with another football team. But again, he was charged with possession of a controlled substance. And according to his publicist, he thought that the substance was legal. But hopefully, Kellen, I mean, the thing is, it's dangerous. Some dangerous stuff there, and hopefully he'll recognize the danger involved with that. Also, the Jets, Geno Smith, he ran into a little trouble the other day. Had a little dispute on a plane, his plane going from Los Angeles to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Virgin Airways, and apparently he was involved with a dispute with a flight, what a flight intended over, over whether or not headphones, something with headphones and things of that nature. Ultimately, he was questioned by police, and ultimately he was let go by police. But you look at this whole situation with Geno Smith, him getting into trouble right now, and uh, not trouble per se, but it's just not a good situation for him. It's just not a good look for him. And, again, he's not in any type of trouble. He hasn't been charged with anything. But perception, in a lot of ways, becomes reality. And if we're talking about you doing things other than being successful in the football field, then that's not always a good look for you. That's not a good situation. And at the same time, he is 23 years old. And at the same time, he has not been charged with anything. And at the same time, at the same time, he's tw- at the same time, you hope that he learns from, from this whole situation. You hope that he learns from this whole situation. You can't, you can't have negative attention coming towards your way. And even a lot of what you just have to be extra careful because even when stories about you are not even true, people will assume that it's true and people will run with it and try to use it against you. Try to use it against you. And this is the guy throughout the course of the season that, according to many, who has been good with the media, has been a professional guy throughout the course of the season. He did have a woman that that, uh, posted some of his private parts. Um, So posted a photo of some of his private parts. But, again, that's not something – again, he's 23 years old, and 
23-year-olds do those type of things. 23-year-olds do things like uh, things like that. I mean, they, they do things like that. And, you know, hopefully if you're Geno Smith, you can fix that moving forward. Hopefully if you're Geno Smith, you can, you can change that moving forward. But at the end of the day, he has not been charged with anything. So as far as I'm concerned, he is an innocent man. Nothing has been thrown his way. So it's just an unfortunate incident. And like I said, at the end of the day, you've got to be careful because in the National Football League and in life in general, perception is and becomes reality. And that's just the way it is. Second hour of Go For It starts right now. Coming at you, and on this way, in this hour, we're going to be joined by two guys who, who've done some big things this season. Evan Mathis of the Philadelphia Eagles, Justin Blaylock of the Atlanta Falcons. Both of these players have gotten it done. Both of these players have gotten it done throughout the course of this season. And Evan Mathis, obviously, a guy that may have gotten it done a little more is more so because of his team and them making it to the playoffs and ultimately him becoming a Pro Bowl and him becoming an all-pro player. But you look at this team. You look at Evan Mathis. He's had a big-time year. All-pro, named to the Pro Bowl this week. So we're going to talk to Evan about him making a Pro Bowl and you know, he's going to Hawaii for the first time. Going to Hawaii for the first time. And that's exciting for him. That's got to be exciting for him. And looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and the success that they had this season, Evan Mathis is a big reason why. They've had a lot of success. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, over 1,600 yards, a rushing leader. And some of the numbers that this team has put up in terms of yardage, in terms of points, this was a high-powered offense. And one of the reasons they were a high-powered offense was Evan Mathis, was Jason Kelsey, was Jason Peters. And those guys were the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are, A, made it to the playoffs, and B, had a good opportunity to win in the playoffs and should have won that game. They should have won that football game against the Saints. They should have. They really should. Inexcusable what happened in that game. But it is what it is. The National Football League stuff happens. Continuing into some of the off-the-field things going on in the National Football League this past week. Devon Best, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, he was arrested at an airport for assault. 
And this is a guy, you know, over the years, um, he's been recognized for, you know, he's been recognized for some of the things that he has done in the community. He's been recognized for some of the things he's done in the community over the years. A couple of years back, he was the Walter. He was nominated as the Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Miami Dolphins. So he was a nominee a few years back for that particular award. And I know you look at the whole situation with him, and uh, he was on the uh, the Browns shutting down near the end of last season. And obviously, he was the guy that's going through some things. I know he posted on Twitter uh, some marijuana and a blunt. Um, so talked about that, and ultimately he arrested, he, uh, not arrested, but ultimately he erased that particular post. He erased that particular post. And in erasing that particular post, you're saying to yourself, you're saying to yourself, you're saying to yourself, what is going on with this guy? I mean, ultimately he erased the post, and that was a good idea to erase the post. But you're 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 a professional player. You can't be posting pictures of you with with mar- near marijuana and blunts and all that other stuff. You can't do it. You cannot do it. But the Browns set him down for what they termed personal reasons, and that's not always a good situation or a good look. But anyway, this was a, a guy, Basson, that um, at the airport was acting weird. They said he was dancing, singing, just doing some weird stuff. And he tried to, he was in a fighter stance with a police officer. And <laughs> you can't make some of these things up, but this obviously is a guy who's dealing with some things. He's dealing with some things. And you hope now he can get the help that he needs because he obviously needs help. He obviously needs help because he's obviously throughout the course of this season being shut down for, you know, being shut down for personal reasons and then him having career lows and catches um, with 42 this season. You know, it, it just obviously there's something going on with Devon Bass. And you hope that Devon Best, whatever's going on with him, can get this right. But you look at it, um, it's, you look at some of the things going on with him, it's, I guess you could say it's similar to what happened with uh, Titus Young last year with the Detroit Lions and, you know, him having, you know, some of the issues that he had and getting arrested multiple times in a week. And then this was a career low for Best in terms of receiving yards and receptions this season. So it wasn't a good year for Devon Bass. And it's gotten worse by some of the things going on with him. And ultimately, he was arrested for assault, for assaulting a law enforcement officer. He got arrested for that. Charged with a simple simple assault, charged with resisting arrest without violence and disorderly conduct. Ultimately, he was released on $100 worth of bail. He has a lawyer. No, at this point we're not sure if he has a lawyer. Um, 
And according to the report, he seemed to be under the influence of an unknown narcotic. And the officer also said it looked like Bess was looking through him as they talked. So, and this is the guy throughout the door in this thing, grabbed a cup of coffee and and squeezed it, ultimately spraying it on the officer. And he wanted to fight the officer. He was in a stance. Obviously, he was dealing with something. Obviously, he was dealing with something and is dealing with something. Again, you hope whatever he's dealing with, whatever demons that he's fighting, that he beats them. Because right now, Devon Bess is having some issues. And, you know, you hope Bess, moving forward, can get those issues right. It's not about football at this point. It's about getting your mind right, getting your, your everything right. So moving forward, you can be successful not only in the National Football League, but successful in life. Keep Devon Best my best, nothing but the best, and hopefully he can correct these things. When we come back, we're going to be joined by all-pro, Pro Bowl guard, Evan Mathis, and we're going to ask Evan, will teams figure out this Chip Kelly offense? Will teams figure out the Chip Kelly offense? Evan Mathis, when we return, you're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat, and the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't mean see anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. Okay. If you hey, what up? That. It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. And we're back. We're about to bring in a guy who's had a big-time season for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's an all-pro, just named to the Pro Bowl this week. So things are on the up and up for Evan Mathis. Let's bring him in now. All-pro, Pro Bowl guard, the one, the only, Evan Mathis. Evan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, of course. Good to be back. Evan, great week for you, man. You were added to the Pro Bowl. You're headed to Hawaii for the first time. How's it feel? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it's taken me nine years to do it, but better late than never, I guess. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And you tweeted out that you thought you would need the services of the lovely, the talented Tanya Harding. How close were you to calling 
Tanya Harding. Oh, you know, um, if uh, one more guard wouldn't have dropped out, then we, I might have had to give it a call to go take someone out so I could get in. <laughs> you were close. It was close. It was close, but ultimately the right move, the right thing happened. You were supposed to be at the Pro Bowl. We look at you now, Evan. You were named to the All-Pro team as well, which essentially says that you are one of the best players at your position. Talk about that honor. Um, it's a, it's a good honor. Um, it's never really something I focused on. You know, I, I really just focused on trying to play the best football I can and hoping all that kind of stuff will take care of itself. And it seems like it. It has this year. We're talking to Eagles guard, Pro Bowl, All-Pro guard, Evan Mathis. And Evan, pro football focus, they rank you as the best guard in football. Madden 25 has you as the best offensive lineman in football. Do you consider yourself one of the better guards in football? I like to, I like to say I try to be that. I just like to go up there and try to do I just try to play the best I can, uh, be the best, you know, be the best for my team and, Start there and do my job. Try to do it really well. And you've done it very well over the past couple of years. And Evan, I look at you. You came to Philadelphia in 2011. You bounced around a little bit before that. Ultimately, you came to Philadelphia and you established yourself as one of the best guards in football. What happened? What changed? Um, I just had to stay relentless and learn through a lot of situations, learn through a lot of experiences. Uh, there's really multiple factors that go into into football and getting opportunities and uh, a lot of it comes down to luck and timing sometimes, uh, being in the right fit, uh, being around the right coaches. But I always worked to improve. I went to lie to where I was and I didn't I, I kept I kept my foot on the pedal. I kept going full speed. Uh I had to be relentless and there was a lot of things that I had to fight through. Um, I wasn't gonna quit without making the most of it. Definitely. You've made the most of this situation in Philadelphia. And as we said, you established yourself as one of the best guards in football. We're talking to Pro Bowl and All-Pro guard of, of the Philadelphia Eagles, Evan Mathis. Now, Evan, it's been a few weeks since that Saints loss. And I look at the game and, and, and I say to myself, that's the game the Philadelphia Eagles should have won. That's the game I think the Eagles let slip away. It's been a few weeks now. How do you view that game at this point? Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. It kind of leaves a bitter taste in your mouth, uh, knowing that we didn't take care of business and we were so close to doing so. Uh, it's just it's just one of those ones where you wish you had a, a do-over. You wish you had a mulligan and could just try one more time. Uh, but then you got to reflect on everything all together. I think we had a, a decent season. And it's, uh, it's comforting to know that we can grow from where we are now. Definitely. I mean, no one expected the Philadelphia Eagles to be 10-6 and and to win the NFC East, and you guys made that happen this year under Chip Kelly. And let's talk about Chip Kelly. He brought in that up-tempo offense. Before he came in, some people said it wouldn't work on the, on the, on the pro level. Some called it gimmicky. You look at this offense. Before you, st- before you played in this offense, did you have any doubts? No, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know much about it, honestly. I didn't. I don't pay too much attention to college football, so I didn't know everything that went around it. I was just listening to what I heard in the media, and that's – you hear a lot of the talk about gimmicky and, and up-tempo and things like that, but there's nothing gimmicky about it. Chip, Chip Kelly is a brilliant coach, and the plays we run are – he does a good job of selecting the right play at the right time. 
and the, the tempo, you, you go at a fast pace when you want to go at a fast pace. When you think it's time to go at a fast pace, you do that. You don't always do that. So it's uh, it's not like he's stuck in his ways or anything like that. The guy always has a plan, and uh, he always putting us in good situations. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great coach from top to bottom. Uh, it really helps the organization in many, many ways with the staff that he built. Now, now, Evan, you've got defensive coordinators now. They'll have a year's worth of film on this offense. Do you think that changes things for this offense in 2014? This was a high-volume, high high-prolific offense. This offense put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Will that change I mean, in 2014? I, 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 I think we should get better. Um, this was our okay. first year running this offense. Uh, the, the offense was in its infancy this year. We grew over the okay. course of the season. Um, the, the coaches can have, have their chances to learn how to defend certain plays, but then that gives us a chance to learn how to defend their their adjustments. You know, We'll adjust okay. too and keep, keep things going. Coach, Coach Kelly is, like I said, he's not stuck in his ways. If something's not working, we adjust, we adapt and uh, just get in the right situation. Now, how will your preparation change? Because obviously we know you need to be in big-time shape because this is an up-tempo offense. This is a fast offense. Does that change your preparation at all? No, it, it doesn't. The, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best to stay in the best shape I can in the off season. but the best way to, to get in shape for that up-tempo offense is by doing it. And we have enough okay. time. When, when mini camp OTAs and training camp comes around to get the reps to get in that up tempo football shape. Definitely, you guys. It showed on the field. Now, Evan, Chip Kelly throughout the course of the year talked about the importance of the sleep. You know, he brought in the smoothies and things of that nature. Did you guys buy into that, or was that whole thing kind of overblown? No, uh, we, we bought into it. You, you, the. The sleep and the smoothies and things like that, that's kind of just scratching the surface of everything that, that was okay. involved. It's really just a lot of education on how to best take care of your body and how to get the most recovery and have yourself in peak you know, peak performance mode for game day. So there's a lot that went into it, and it really, he, his staff really did a good job at teaching all the guys as well as helping them apply those methods and it really helped a lot of the people. And for an older guy like me, I mean, this is a, this is a great system for me to, to extend my yeah. career many, many years because I'm feeling really good at the end of a season. Are you still getting 10 hours of sleep? <laughs> I'm trying for – I shoot for eight minimum. I probably usually get around eight to nine. Ten. Okay. Especially when you have a, a one-year-old daughter running around. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of sleep. To get, especially yeah, your, yeah it depends a lot. I mean, I, I yeah. am for eight minutes. I usually feel, I usually feel really, really rested, recovered after eight, eight hours of sleep. Now, as you were playing the game, you know, we know that you guys obviously prepare for this up tempo style. When you played against other teams, were there times where the defense was dragging and you could sense it? Oh, absolutely. That happens a lot when you do that up tempo because they have most of these teams that don't see that that often, and they're, they're not in that kind of shape to be able to just keep up with that. Um, and there was a lot of times we would see that. And, and we, we are getting tired too, but when you look across the ball, you see how tired they are. They'll just give you all the motivation in the world to keep going out and just finish them off on the drill. 
We're talking to Eagles guard Evan Mathis. And, Evan, one thing for sure in terms of your quarterback situation, you may have found one in Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions. What impressed you the most about Nick Foles? Uh, Nick Foles is the kind of guy who always maintains great composure, great poise. Uh, He's a student of the game, uh, always working hard during the week to prepare for the upcoming game, um, and always working to to do whatever he needs to do to grow as a player. Uh, So he's the kind of guy, he's he's a true professional, and a guy who I expect a lot of him in his career because I expect him just to keep growing because that seems to be his mentality. So you do believe moving forward that he is a franchise-caliber quarterback? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you don't you don't put up those kind of numbers, you know, as a fluke. Those are big-time numbers. You can't argue with the numbers. You definitely cannot argue with the numbers that Nick Foles put up throughout the course of the season. You're right. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest, I have my doubts about Nick Foles, and I still have some doubts about Nick Foles moving forward. But to your point, you can't argue with those numbers. You really can't. So we'll see what happens moving right. forward. I mean, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, I mean, a lot of people want to say that the, some of the success that we have is just because of the offense that we run. But you know, we got we got a, really, a lot of really good players running that offense. You know, with Sean McCoy, elite back, putting up mm-hmm. great numbers. You need, now you got to look at Nick Foles as a great quarterback who's putting up good numbers. And they get cut. I expect a lot of the kid. I really do. Okay. And did you expect did you expect those type of numbers? No, I mean not not really. I don't really expect. I'm not the kind of guy who really projects or expects much. I'm always focused on the, the here and now. Right. So I mean, when you but when you start seeing them happen and you start seeing them happen on a regular basis, then you know you kind of hope that they keep keep things keep going that way. And the same the same thing is true when you know when Shady's having a great year running the ball, you, you really hope mm-hmm. those numbers just keep, keep happening, especially when you feel like you have a hand in it as an offensive lineman. Now, speaking of LaShawn McCoy, he says and he believes that the Eagles will win a couple rings in the next five years. Do you agree? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> I'm, like I said, that's a real big picture thing. I'm not a, I'm not a big picture guy. That's always sure. the ultimate goal. It, you know, it takes taking care of business in the present to get there. So it's good to have those goals, but you got to really bury them and just focus on, on one game at a time and doing all the little things. Well, let me ask you this. How, do you think you guys are close to making that jump to becoming a, a Super Bowl caliber football team? I think we are. I think we're very close. I think we match up well with a lot of the, the elite teams in the league. Um, we have some, a lot of young players that have some growing to do. Uh, but who are already playing really well. We saw a lot of growth on our team just this season alone. Uh, from, the, from the beginning to the end, a lot of guys really stepped up and improved their game. And I, you know, I expect a greater jump out of the guys from this offseason to next. I mean, after you've learned, you've learned the new system offensively and defensively, you've learned your coaches, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've gained some confidence as players on how productive you can be, and you learn what it takes to have success in this league. So I think that's going to go a long way for our entire team. And we'll make some uh, off-season additions and changes that will better our team and take one more step to being where we want to be. Now, Evan, you are going to Hawaii next week. Who's going with you? I'm just going with my wife and daughter. 
We're just going to okay. go out there and, and enjoy it. We're looking forward to the experience. Um, yeah, definitely going to be a, I think it's going to be a really good time. Is this your first time going to Hawaii in, in, in general? No, it's not. I've been there a few times. Okay. It, um, in college, uh, we were on probation in Alabama for two years, so we had no. They they took our bowl game away from us. So mm-hmm. the university scheduled the last two games of 2002 and 2003. They scheduled them against Hawaii in Hawaii, kind of like our own end of the season bowl trip. So okay. those are the first two times I went there. I went, I've been back a couple times since. Hawaii is a great place. <laughs> and you should have a lot of fun in Hawaii. Evan, you're a funny guy, man, and you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect and follow you on Twitter? Yep, uh, my Twitter handle is just my name and my football number, Evan Master 69 I'm on there. If I'm ever on there, I'm just usually throwing around a little satire, being goofy, having a good time. Okay. Fans, connect with this man, Evan Mathis, 69 on Twitter. Follow him. He's a funny guy. He said some funny things. Evan, pleasure talking to you, man. Good luck in Hawaii. Good luck in this offseason, and good luck the following year in Philadelphia. Let's do this again. All right, man. Thank you very much. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. Evan Mathis, guard for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a big year, and he's had a big-time year. And Eagles on the offensive side of the ball were big-time. They're linemen. Big time, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Evan Mathis. I mean, from top to bottom, this is a big-time offensive line. They were one of the big reasons Nick Foles had 27 touchdowns and only two interceptions. They were one of the big reasons that LeSean McCoy had over 1,600 yards rushing and won the rushing title. That offensive line was big. And we'll see if they can maintain and become bigger or just as big next season for the Philadelphia Eagles. I look at this Eagle team now. They're going to make a jump. Now and they're not going to surprise anybody next year. Nick Foles is not going to surprise anybody next year. Nick Foles, you 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 have a year's worth of film on him. You have a year's worth of film on this offense. Does that change things? That is going to be interesting to see. Does that change things moving forward? It's going to be interesting to see with this football team. But obviously, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles, you have to feel good about your quarterback situation with Nick Foles. Again, I'm not, I said I said to Evan, and I'm not completely sold, but I can't argue with that production. I can't argue with 27 touchdowns to only two interceptions. I can't argue with that type of production. And I don't think anybody can argue with that type of production. Those numbers are big-time numbers. No one can argue with those type numbers. So I can't argue with them. Nick Foles was big time last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's one of the reasons the Eagles were able to ultimately get to the playoffs, and I think that's a game they let slip away against New Orleans Saints. I'm an Eagles fan, so that loss hurts even more, but they let that one slip away. Let's go to the NBA now. Kevin Durant last night, 54 big points for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this is a team right now playing without Russell Westbrook, who went down. It's been 12 games since Westbrook has won out. And he's averaging nine more points per game than anybody in the NBA. He has three games of 40-plus. So he's putting up big-time numbers. And not only did he have 54 points last night, but he also found a way to have six boards, four rebounds, two steals, and a block. So that's a heck of a stat line for KD, Kevin Durant. And, and oh, by the way, he did it against 
did it against the Golden State Warriors, and that's a team that has a very good defender in Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala is definitely a big-time defender. He's a big-time defender. So you look at Kevin Durant and what he did, it makes it even more impressive. And he went up against Steph Curry. They were going back and forth. Steph Curry ends the night at, with 37-11. Assist, that is. So they were, they were going back and forth. It was a shootout, 127-121 type of game. That's a shootout. That's a shootout. And those two teams were going back and forth, forth and back, and they were getting they were battling. They were battling. And this obviously, you know, with obviously you look at OKC, Kevin Durant is definitely he's having an MVP caliber season. And these type of performances is definitely going to help his cause. But you look at OKC in terms of winning a championship. We saw what this team was with Westbrook, and we saw what they were without Westbrook. With Westbrook, they're their best team in the Western Conference. Without them, they become a team that exits in the second round to the Memphis Grizzlies. So, Westbrook is the type of guy that can put you over the top in terms of winning a title. Many people said, whose team is it? Is it Westbrook's team or is it Durant's team? It's Durant's football, basketball team. i got football on the mind. It is Kevin Durant's basketball team. This is his team. And he's stepping up his play. LeBron James was jealous because of some of the shots that Kevin Durant has been putting up. He's able to put up a lot of shots. That made LeBron James a little jealous. But I don't know why LeBron would be jealous. Because at the end of the day, it's all about winning championships. LeBron has two. KD has none. So I don't think LeBron has much to be jealous about. Because Kevin Durant, at this point, while he's putting up numbers, while his team is right now is having a lot of regular season success, it comes down to what happens in the playoffs. And I you you would think if Westbrook was there last season, you believe that if he was there, OKC probably goes to the NBA Finals again if Westbrook was there. I mean, Westbrook is one of the better scoring guards in this game. And to lose his production, to lose what he brings to the table is big. That's big. Hard to replace what he brings to the table. And they weren't able to replace that. This year, Reggie Jackson's better, and they have a better opportunity to replace that. But at the end of the day, if they want to win a title, they're going to need the services of Russell Westbrook. They're going to need his services if OKC wants to win a title. That's the bottom line. They're going to need Russell Westbrook to be healthy. They're going to need Russell Westbrook to be able to play at that high level if they want to win another or get back to the NBA Finals to win a title. If KD wants to get that first one, he needs Westbrook, and he knows that. He knows that. And just going around the National Football League, not National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Rondo came back for the Celtics, played 20 minutes last night for the Celtics, had a decent game. 
ultimately the Celtics will lose to the Lakers. You look at the Lakers, and they had a closed-door meeting yesterday. After uh, Not yesterday, but during this week, after the whole situation with Nick Young, and Nick Young felt like his team, after getting fouled hard against the Phoenix Sun, he felt like his team didn't support him, didn't have his back. And, you know, he took it personal. Lakers had a meeting about it. And ultimately they got that settled, at least at this point in time. But you look at the Lakers. Kobe Bryant talked yesterday, and he's going to have his knee reevaluated sometime in February. He has no intentions of sitting out this season. Magic Johnson says he believes that Kobe Bryant should sit out this season. Magic Johnson's quoted that saying in the Los Angeles Times, quote, what is he coming back to? He's not going to be able to stop the pick and roll. All the layups the Lakers are giving up. He's been hurt twice. Give him the whole year to get healthy. He also said Mike D'Antoni was the wrong hire. And I don't think we can argue with that at this point in time. You bring in Phil Jackson when you have an opportunity to get a Phil Jackson, just the way I see it. Um, But anyway, especially the way that roster was constructed last year, we've seen Phil have success with a similar roster in terms of, you know, the dominant big and Kobe Bryant. Why would you not go back to that? Why would you not go back to that? But the Lakers at this point, they have no shot of getting to the playoffs. They have no shot of getting to the playoffs with or without Kobe Bryant. And, I, and, and Kobe Bryant, obviously, he's cut from a different cloth. He is, he, he's the type of guy that you're not going to be able to sit down on Kobe Bryant. It's just not. You're not going to be able to sit down a player of his caliber, the player, a, a player of his competitive level. You're not going to be able to sit him down. You're not. And that's just the reality of the situation when it comes to Kobe Bryant. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Justin Blaylock of the Atlanta Falcons. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had... Some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't see. mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get nah. your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> We see what you can do. We seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. That's not Roxy. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. And we're back. And we're going to bring in a guy now. Last season, this guy was playing during the championship weekend. Atlanta Falcons were playing the 49ers. Ultimately, the 49ers will win that particular game. But this guy was a big reason why the Falcons had a lot of success last season. Let's bring him in now. Guard for the Atlanta Falcons, Justin Blaylock. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. And, and Justin, before we get to your season, let's talk about some of the games tomorrow, and let's start 
with the grudge match, I should say, in the NFC, the Seahawks and the 49ers. How do you see that playing out? Oh, man, I know that's going to be a great game. I mean, they've been having tremendous success, both teams obviously, as of late. I actually have family on both teams, so okay. I can't give you a good, a good prediction on that one. Okay. Well, who is the family on, on both teams? Uh, Jonathan Goodwin, the center for the Niners, and okay. Russell Wilson. Okay. So you're, you're, you've got a little bit of a quandary there. Yeah, I'm really torn between the two right there. I mean, whatever I say, I'm going to get some bad phone calls tonight. <laughs> well, look at it this way. No matter what happens, you'll be happy. <laughs> That's a good way. Always a silver lining, right? <laughs> Definitely. So you're not going to give us a pick there. But let's go to AFC. you got Manning and Brady. you got the Pats and the Broncos. How do you see that one playing out? You know, It's really tough to pick against either of those teams. But uh, a game so evenly matched, I'd probably go with the home field advantage there and say Denver. Okay. And it's kind of hard to argue with you, but, I mean, both of these games are 50-50 pick-em type football games. So if you pick the Falcons, I mean, excuse me, if you pick the Patriots, you can't really argue. If you pick the Broncos, you can't really argue because, like I said, the both are 50-50 games. I, I want to go back to Russell Wilson and Jonathan Goodwin. Have you talked to them at all this week? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not playing favorites at all. So I figured if I don't talk to anybody, I can't. Uh, no, okay. I mean, no one can so, find any guilt there. What you could do is you could send a text to the both of them and saying good luck on your game tomorrow. That that would be acceptable. Okay. Okay. So maybe you could do that. Think about it. <laughs> now, Justin, let, let's look at the Falcons this season. This team has had a lot of struggles. Last season, thirteen and three. This season. Four and twelve. Many guys, many people thought that you guys would be playing right now, but you look at injuries played a role. Julio Jones, Croy Beerman, Sam Baker, to name a few. Those guys out for the year, season and season-ending injuries, and that really hurt you guys. As you see it, what happened to you guys in 2013? I guess that would be the most flagrant of the, you know, the things that happened to us. Uh, the easiest to look at would be the injury bug. Um, I mean, diametrically opposed to what we've had the past four or five years where we've had tremendous health uh, throughout the season. I mean, almost borderline just great fortune, uh, if you yeah. will, where we have people just going down, it seemed like, every other week. Uh, but on, on a good note, I mean, there's a whole lot of good that you can pull out of something like this. Uh, we did get to develop a lot of depth for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, other than that, a lot of games that came down to one, two plays, I mean, there was, I can't, I mean, rattle off the top of my head, but it felt like there were a lot of games that were one mm-hmm. possession games where we gave ourselves a chance at the end and then obviously didn't make the, the play needed. Whereas in the past, you know, we'd pull some, you know, magical play out right. of thin air and, and you know, win those games. Uh, but that's, you know, what what this league is about now. Uh, lots of very close games where you have to play consistently mistake-free in the critical situations. And we weren't able to do that for, you know, whatever the reason this year. 
And, and you mentioned it, and I, I could point to two games near the end of the season. You look at the 49er game and the Carolina Panther game where, you know, just mistakes there near the end. Like you said, those one or two plays changed that whole, the whole complexion of the game. But I look at it, and it's weird sometimes in sports. Like, like you said, everything that was supposed to go right and everything that went, you know, everything went right a year ago. And then just like, the, just like everything went right a year ago, this year everything went wrong. And it's weird how it works in sports sometimes. It, was it weird to you? Uh, certainly, certainly. Um, I mean, it, it seems almost as if, you know, it was like a snake-bitten year or something along those lines. But, I mean, I don't believe in that uh, personally. But, <laughs> right. I mean, lo and behold, here it is happening right in front of my face. Uh, you know, very strange, uh, some of the ways, I mean, just finding new ways to lose games, uh, unfortunately. I mean, uh, yeah. it's really inexplicable. I mean, some of the, some right. of these things have, that occurred this year and things that we did, obviously. We're talking to Falcons guard, Justin Blaylock. And, Justin, you look at you guys this season, you had some struggles on the offensive line, and as we talked about, Injuries did play a role in that. Sam Baker, your left tackle, was going for the year. Um, you talked about it. I heard you talk about it in an article on ESPN.com, how, you know, you look at you guys, you had a situation where it was kind of a revolving door, some because of injuries, some because of ineffective play. Talk about how much that affected you guys on the offensive line. It, it does make that position more difficult uh, than most others. Uh, whereas offensive line play is a is really a unit. It's hard to accomplish a lot as an individual at that position. Um, where it's kind of the secondary works a little bit like that, uh, but offensive line play more than any other place. And communication and cohesion are really big factors in that. And when you're having that kind of turnover week in, week out, I mean, granted, we do practice together every day and we go to, you know, meetings ad nauseum, uh, but there's just nothing that can replicate, you know, a, a game situation. You know, no matter how hard you practice, how many hours you spend talking about things, there's just not another way to get that. And, you know, it, obviously it, it showed in our, in our play this year. And, you know, we did not cut the mustard, so to speak. We're talking to Falcons guard Justin Blaylock. And, Justin, the Falcons did let offensive line coach Pat Hill go, and ultimately they brought in Mike Tice. Roddy White, he likes to move. He believes that it will make a difference. Your thoughts on the move and bringing Mike Tice to the Falcons as the offensive line coach? And at the end of the day, he wasn't the one out there making these mistakes. Um right. But at the same time, I mean, it is a business, and when you know you, you perform the way we did, uh, unfortunately, heads have to roll, and you know we understand that as players, uh, you know we can be gone at any second, and I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's you know the, the way this business works and the way many businesses work. Um, obviously, we're going to go into next season hopefully with a, a, brush, a breath of fresh air, uh, obviously needing to work extremely hard to 
get everyone playing together better. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds I mean, like something you kind of just roll over and do, but hopefully you know, we'll have you know, a singular vision now to move forward and you know, execute better. Uh, take the things that we do on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and apply them to Sunday afternoons and evenings, uh, you know, better than we have, you know, obviously, this season. Now, have you spoken to Mike Tice at all to this point? Uh, I have not, actually. Okay. Um, I haven't even – I've been to the facility once, and it was to, you know, take some shoes in. Uh, drop off for some high school kids, but uh, okay. I, I'm sure I'll be in there very soon. Actually, uh, I am pretty excited to meet him. I've heard lots of great things. Um, you know, the league is kind of a fraternity, so I do know people that have worked with him before, and I've heard some things. So, uh, in that regard, I am, uh, you know, eager to get in there and. Uh, see the way he works. Now, Justin, you've you had a fairly decent season. Obviously, uh, as we said, you had some struggles on the offensive line. As a whole, were you happy with your play this season? No, no, not not at all, really. Um, and I really, it's really difficult to judge, you know, kind of what we do separately from, you know, how the team does. And we kind of, as, as we go, the team goes. Clearly, we didn't you know, have enough, nearly enough success you know, put, to put, our, put ourselves in positions to win ball games. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I mean, I don't want to say I just went out and, you know, with two less feet or anything like that. But lots of things need to get better across the board for us you know, to return to the type of success that we've had in the past. What do you feel like you need to work on going into this off season to play better in 2014? It's really hard to come up with, you know, just a couple talking points. Right. But I know we need to run the ball better. Um, you know, collectively, and that's obviously the quickest way to shore up pass protection. Mm. Uh, I mean, it enables you to, you know, be in third and medium to shorts, enables you to run more play action, move the pocket, things of this nature, to really, you know, help yourself out where you're not you know, time after time, uh, you know, having these, you know, dropping back 70% of the time or whatever we did. And, I mean, it's no one's fault but our own if we're not able to, you know, be efficient on first and second downs, give ourselves, you know, those better opportunities and open up the playbook more. I mean, that's, that's the most glaring thing that mm. I think even a casual fan can, you know, see from what we did this past year. We're talking to Falcons guard Justin Blaylock. Moving on to 2014, obviously you'll get Julio Jones back, which is big. You'll get some other players back, Sam Baker as well. But as a whole, 
do you expect you got? Do you expect to have a bounce back season as a team in 2014? As I said, there's still a lot of talent on this football team, and you still have a big time quarterback in Matt Ryan. Do you expect this team to bounce back in 2014? Well, I sure don't expect to have another year like we just did. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, I know the guys in the locker room, and to a man, everyone's professional. Uh, everyone's you know going to work extremely hard this off season. Because what we did last year was slightly unacceptable and, I mean, at times embarrassing. So I know no one wants to feel that way, you know, moving forward. And, you know, if someone is okay with that, I think they're probably in the wrong profession. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. And, Justin, obviously you went to Texas. That is your alma mater. Charlie Strong was named the head coach at UT. You happy with the move? He's a well-respected guy. You like the move? Well, so far. <laughs> I mean, granted, they haven't <laughs> played any games. But um, I think it could be, you know, a good move. From, from what I've heard, uh seems like a no-nonsense type of guy. And obviously his track record's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I have access to, you know, the best of everything. I mean, I'm sure Louisville's a great program and whatnot, and it's, you know, obviously what, what he did at Florida. Um, but, I mean, Texas is a little different, a you know, different animal. Uh, mm-hmm. You're expected to win a lot of games, but at the same time, you have quite literally unlimited resources. So whatever right. you want, you go get it, you know, ask about the price later. <laughs> and and that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. Definitely a good thing to have for anybody, not a, let alone Charlie Strong. And Justin, I gotta ask, what what is it about this Blaylock uh, bloodline? You playing football, Goodwin and, and Russell Wilson, all you guys playing professional football, playing football at the highest of levels. What is it? What, what's in that bloodline that that makes that type of thing happen? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to say that it's just work ethic, but it takes a lot of you know, good fortune for anybody to, you know, get to this level uh, of what we're doing here. Uh, and it's not as if we're at family reunions talking, you know, talking shop every year, uh, <laughs> trying to get the next generation, you know, to, to play ball or anything like that. Um, I mean. Uh, somewhere between dumb luck and working really, really hard. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. I mean, I can't just uh, <laughs> pinpoint you know one or two different things. I mean, it's, it's certainly not as if you know uh, our parents grew up telling us we're gonna play ball. Right. It's just one of those things, I guess, that just happened. I, w- I want to ask another question about Russell Wilson. This was a guy that many, you know, last season he, he kind of surprised a lot of people. And he, he's still getting it done at the highest of levels as a quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Not many people believe that he could do what he is doing at this point in time. Did you see it? When, and if you did, when did you see it? Goodness. Um, obviously, he had a great deal of success in college. Um, right. It, it's tough to predict how that's going to translate right. you know, once you get into the professional ranks. But – he showed a lot of flashes you know, then, his first year. I mean, I see no reason 
for, for that to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, you know, a lot of people have, have come in really strong and maybe had defenses kind of figure them out as their careers progressed. But uh, I mean, with the with the tools they have up there, yeah, I don't see any reason uh, why well, that's going to change anytime soon. As long as it's not going to stop <laughs> and, and he almost bit you guys in the butt last year, almost got you last year as he made a furious comeback against you guys in, in that division round, but ultimately Matty Ice and the boys held on and got it done. Now, Justin, you're doing big things with the Justin Blaylock Foundation. Tell us about some of the great things going on there. Sure. Uh, you know, we started off doing things back home uh, in Dallas, where I'm from, and kind of expanded into Georgia, Atlanta, uh, namely, you know, kind of as I've established myself in the community more here, um, where we've been able to do you know, some fun things, uh, but mainly education, not that education isn't fun, but uh, kind of my main focus there, whether it be, you know, how to get scholarships for kids, you know, writing, uh almost like grant writing, it's very similar, okay. um, SAT workshops, entrepreneurial workshops, having you know, business people from around the area come and speak to kids. Um, you know, this past year, went to high school, talked to them about uh, being responsible with their finances. And obviously we do football camps, uh, things of that nature too. I know where my bread is buttered. Uh, <laughs> but it's really well, fun for me, and humbling at the same time you know, to kind of see you know, the way the kids think, because you know typically they're not going to be ashamed or shy to ask any question. So that, right. that was a uh, that had some interesting ones this year for sure. <laughs> Could you say what the most interesting was? Interesting question was that you got? I mean, oh man. So, uh, I mean, the, the toughest question, you know, what happened this past week? Uh, okay. <laughs> that's always, you know, I guess the one that we're all dreading. Right. <laughs> but it is also a chance to, you know, kind of give them maybe a little lesson into, you know, how you handle adversity. Uh, it so happened that the school I was, you know, speaking at, uh, weren't having the greatest season either. And okay. I was just able to tell them that, yeah, you're not going to go out there and steamroll over everybody every week. But what you know determines what your character is made up of is how you respond to that. Do you, you know, shut it down, throw yourself a little pity party, or you know, go back to work twice as hard? And Definitely. you know, hopefully, you know, the kids can take something from that. You know, shared experience that no one likes, and you know, put it to use. Now, where can people find information about some of the great things going on with the Justin Playlock Foundation? All right, this is going to be really hard to remember, but bear with me. JustinBlaylock.org. <laughs> I know it's that's, really tough. <laughs> oh, that's difficult. <laughs> and I know you're big time on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Uh, my handle is JustBlaze63. 
So fans, go to justinblaylock.org. Follow this man on Twitter at JustBlaze63. Justin, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do this again. Sounds good to me. Anytime, guys. Take care. All right, same to you. Justin Blaylock, guard for the Atlanta Falcons. And yeah, Justin Blaylock's a stand-up guy, and, you know, every time that we brought him on, he's he, he's been stand-up and, and been honest with his assessment of his team and honest with the assessment of his play. You look at the Falcons, obviously a frustrating year for this ball club. And, you know, obviously you, you thought the Falcons would be playing right now. Willie Rofe, as he said, had the Falcons going to the Super Bowl. So it's a surprise that happened to the Falcons. But, again, it happens in the National Football League. That's why I think I say it's imperative for the 49ers to break through this season because you never know when you'll get that another uh, another opportunity. You never know when you'll, when you'll you'll never know if you can get to this level again, and that means get to the NFC Championship game, ultimately get to the Super Bowl. You never know. Nothing is guaranteed when it comes to that. Real quickly now, instant replay in baseball. It's an effect, and it's a great thing for baseball. Baseball's finally gotten to the 21st century. I, I, I think it's important. I think it's great. I mean, every league is using instant replay in some way, shape, or form. And it's about time baseball got into the act. I mean, uh, uh, never again will you see what happened in the 1985 World Series with uh, Dankinger making that bad call uh, when the Royal against the Royals and with the Royals and Cardinals in that World Series Game Six. Never will Tony Tarasco uh, have to point up and and be so angry because of a missed call. Never, 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 never. And this is a great thing. I'm happy. I'm excited. And I think any baseball fan should be happy and excited about instant replay in baseball. I think it's a great thing. I think it's well overdue, and I think it's going to be good for the game. Real quickly now, um, going around the National Football League, and again, let me just give you my pick for tomorrow. I like the the Patriots. I love that stat. Tom Brady 7-0 against Jack Del Rio. Tom Brady 73% completion percentage against Jack Del Rio. Tom Brady, 17 touchdowns to only zero interceptions. I think it's a great thing. I think that that bodes well for Brady and the Patriots. I like the way they're running the football. I just like the way they're playing right now. I think they're playing a little better than the Broncos. Give me the Patriots tomorrow, and I like the Patriots 27-20. to Also in the NFC, Seattle, San Francisco, I love the way the 49ers are playing right now. I love some of the things Colin Kaepernick is doing. I love that Michael Crabtree is back and in, 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 in putting up some numbers and in, in producing. I love that Anquan Bolden had a big-time game against the Panthers. Five, 554 yards, receiving yards for Anquan Bolden over the past couple of years in the playoffs to this point. I love the 49ers in that game. Russell Wilson has been struggling of late, and I, could, I expect him to continue to struggle against the 49ers. But we'll see. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgam where you can listen to this show and other great shows. I want to thank Justin Blaylock of the Falcons. Follow him on Twitter, JustBlaze63. Evan Mathis of the Philadelphia Eagles. Follow him on Twitter at EvanMathis69. And follow us, this show, Go For It on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us there. Hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow back. We'll give you a follow back if you follow us 
on Twitter more often than not. Again, you can listen to this show and other shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgam. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. We hope you have a great week. We hope you enjoy championship weekend in the National Football League. See you later. Take care. Bye.